Welcome to another episode of the Keisha Covered Podcast. Uh, uh, Brent Maycock here with uh, co-host Mac Moore, Scott Past, and Ricky Peterson. Um, this is our new podcast edition, and we release them on a bi-weekly basis, breaking down high school athletics and activities across the state. Uh, before we get started, the intro, again, you heard, is a beat created by Jacob Mann, who's a senior at Lewisburg High School. Uh, he was a featured captain, truly student of the week a few weeks back after he released a track called Take a Breath. And on his music can be found on streaming services such as Apple Music and Spotify. So check that out. And, and uh, look at podcast notes to find the link to the full song. And we'll jump in this week. Uh, guys, it's here. Uh, state competition is already the tap here. And we'll start off with state tennis this weekend. And um Start with Class 6A, and Mac, if you want to go ahead and start Class 6A, and, and we'll uh, kind of work down from there. Yeah, uh, I think when we talked the last time a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, we kind of had an idea of where this would be, and, uh, you know, that's one of the uh, great things about tennis is usually those top seeds. They uh, follow through most of the time in regionals, and that's uh, where we ended up, uh, you know, Singles, uh, free states, uh, Kinley Van Pelt, uh, number one, undefeated. Uh, she's a sophomore that, uh, you know, didn't play last year. Uh, and, you know, getting her first high school start, she's just uh, somebody that is really good, has yet to be tested on the high school scene. Uh, she had a chance where she was probably going to face uh, Blue Valley Northwest's uh, Emily Chazon, uh, at the Kansas City Invitational, that one had a heat restriction, ended it, so uh, they didn't get to that uh, final match, but that would have been her first really big one. Uh, not that she's really untested because uh, she's a USTA competitor who's number one in Kansas, number one in the Missouri Valley, uh, so she's already faced high-level competition. It's just not the competition that, you know, in the state of Kansas in high school tennis. So it'll be interesting to see when she gets that finals and who she ends up facing because uh, Shazon uh, got a little bit of redemption beating uh, Manhattan's Harkin uh, in that Kansas City Invitational. Beat her pretty soundly too, uh, but Harkin as the, the reigning champ, I would not count her out until Shazon actually can get that final, uh, get that victory over, which would be in the semifinals. So that'll be interesting. And then uh, for doubles, it's been the same story for, for four years now. Uh, Bryson Langford and Greta Stechschulte of China Mission East, uh, they're going for their four-peat, and they will be the first duo to have done that together. Only one other player has won four doubles titles and uh, had multiple partners. These two stuck together for four years, uh, have not lost a match uh, against uh, their Kansas competition in doubles, and their greatest competition is their own teammates, Abigail Long and Katie Schmidt. Uh, those two have only lost to Langford and Sexuality. So uh, they have that pretty much on lock. And with some, uh, you know, just need a couple, uh, you know, points from their singles, really, uh, to lock down what will be their fourth uh, straight state title if they can do that. And uh, that one's interesting because I think it, the only time it was in question was that first year uh, when Langford and Stechulte were freshmen and they had the tie with Blue Valley North that started out 
Shawnee Mission East got it, and then looked in the rule book, Blue Valley North got it, and then when they it was so much ambiguity, they finally gave it as a tie. So uh, th- now there's been no question for the last two years, and it's looking like there's a good chance they'll make that uh, three years of of being flat out dominant in four years of winning, which, uh, you know, going perfect, uh, for that doubles team throughout their high school career. is a, a amazing achievement. If they're able to, to finish that off, just have a couple days left, uh, to, to get that, uh, part of Kansas high school athletics history there. Yeah. I remember seeing them when they were freshmen and, and, uh, they were playing blue LA North, I think in the finals, and it was a great match. And, and you just saw then that they had a chemistry that uh, they were going to be just a force to be reckoned with uh, their entire career if they stuck together, and uh, and that's certainly what they've been. Uh, you know, probably will go down as maybe the greatest double team ever in Kansas history, and obviously has the uh, the record to show for it. Uh, so 6A, uh, you know, looks like it'll be, uh, you know, singles will be a very interesting draw. I think doubles is pretty cut and dried. 5A. I think this is may, might be the most intriguing bracket of all, a 5A singles bracket. And, uh, you know, Scott, you've got several contenders from down in the in the Wichita and, and South Central Kansas area. Um, what do you think of this 5A singles bracket? How good will this, this competition be? Yeah, I would I would definitely hate to try to fill out a bracket, fill out a forecasting or a foreshadowing bracket for this one. It looks like it, it's uh, it's got a lot of potential to go uh, several different ways. Um, you know, Brent Steven, the junior from Bishop Carroll, comes in with a, a 21 and 2 record and, and was the state runner up in singles last year. But uh, she won't be the top seed. That goes to Lauren Sweeney, the, the senior from Seaman, a doubles champion last year, who, who's done great at, at singles uh, uh, this year at 29 and 5. And, and uh, um, you know, she adds depth to that field. And, and Salina Central junior, Janae Montoya actually brings the best record into the draw at 28 and one. And her only loss is to Sweeney. And that, that win for Sweeney has given her the, the top overall seed in the bracket. And that, that'll keep Montoya and, and Steven on the other side. And, and so, uh, you know, those are three, reg- the three of the regional champions uh, along with uh, Mill Valley's Heidi Vallos, the freshman. And uh, so just a great depth there in the singles bracket. Uh, Stevens won the, the, the Wichita city league uh, title uh, her regional, uh, again, runner-up last year in 5A, just an outstanding player. Uh, Montoya has been uh, just outstanding this season and then leads a group of all six of Salina Central's girls are, are back in the uh, uh, in the state tournament. Uh, Montoya has a win over Steven this year. So uh, there's already been some head-to-head. Sweeney's defeated Montoya. Montoya has defeated Steven. So that that interaction has gone on this fall, and it should just make for an interesting 5A singles bracket. Uh, and, and doubles, you know, it's maybe maybe not as high with the name recognition, but, but it's certainly an interesting bracket, especially with the way the regionals uh, played out. Down here in Andover, uh, there were a lot of uh, doubles teams that were, were, you know, the course of those four matches in one day at regional, there was some cramping, some things like that, some some finals where, uh, like uh, Andover's Brooke Walker and Anna Jittaway uh, was experiencing some cramping, so they retired and, and took the runner-up finish in that regional. So the bracket's going to be a little different uh, in the doubles competition. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, Walker and Jittaway come in with a 26-2 and record there. Uh, Siemens, Katie Crummins, and, and Molly Gorman are 24-3. and uh, Salina Central went 1-2 in their regional, and they've got Claire Renfro and, and Kinsley Foth, the uh, sophomore tandem. Uh, Renfro's 
uh, triplet sisters, Addison and Mallory, are, were the number two, were, were second in that regional. So, uh, and interesting note about Salina Central, they'll be coached by by the Refro's dad, Clark Refro at State. Uh, Salina Central's coach, Mackenzie Weisher, uh, recently adopted a baby boy and has, has been on maternity, maternity leave here uh, down the stretch of the season. So, uh, you know, the Refro's dad will have uh, – you know, three of his girls competing for Central as they try to knock off Andover, who finished first last year uh, at State, and will try to defend again in their hometown. So, Five A's got a lot of interesting stories that that could, have, but but who knows how it's going to unfold? And, and I really look forward to that singles bracket uh, Friday and Saturday at Andover. Yeah, I think Five A just has the most intrigue. They're just the most unknowns. I mean, you know, the the seeding purposes for that singles worked out where you know Sweeney beat Montoya, who beat Stevens, but. Boy, I, I just think, uh, you know, you get into that state, anything can happen. And, you know, Mill Valley freshman won her regionals, had a, had a really good uh, uh, late season surge here and could, uh, could factor into this mix as well. And then I think the team race is really interesting with uh, Salina Central, Andover, and Seaman, you know, all with a lot of firepower at the top of their lineups with a, with a shot at, uh, you know, battling it out. Whereas, you know, last year Andover had it wrapped up before they even started Saturday's play. And this year, uh, I don't think that's going to be the case unless uh, unless somebody, one of these teams just comes out and plays uh, plays just some phenomenal tennis on, on Friday and, and maybe gets a surprise or two uh, into that semifinal. So uh, 5A, Scott will be there covering that one. Mac will be at 6A covering. I'll be at Class 4A. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting battle there too. You know, McPherson was the champion last year and uh, graduated all but one of their players off last year's team. But, boy, if they come back strong this year, they go one-two in doubles play and regionals. Uh, they get both their singles players, go two-three in, 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 uh, in regionals. And so McPherson comes back uh, loaded to defend its title, but uh, they're going to get a good challenge from Hayden this year. Uh, Hayden with the returning champion, Ainsley Zulueta, who won singles last year as a freshman. And uh, – you know, she's got looks strong to uh, defend that title. Has opened the year with quality wins over Wichita Trinity's Isabella Sebitz and Collegiate Emma Bantavani at the Collegiate Tournament of Champions, and hasn't really slowed down uh, since. You know, she's only lost to, to Jillian Harkin of Manhattan, who's the reigning reigning 6A champion. And so, um, you know, I think this is this is a bracket for her to really go out and, and back up last year, but uh, it won't shock me if Sebit steps up and, and really challenges her. And then Hayden Bellamy of Colby, you know, I think 32-1 uh, and one, uh, this season. And Ricky, obviously, you know, she's had an outstanding season out west. Yeah, the interesting thing about her is she's only played tennis. This is her third season, so a little over two years. Didn't play at all before high school. Uh, you know, I talked to her and her coach yesterday, and they're really excited about kind of the opportunity to move to 4A and see some different see some different uh, competition. Uh, you know, also, uh, you know, looking at looking at three two one A a little bit. Uh, Kyla Metro from Central Plain. She's been she's had a really strong senior season, and uh, you know, this is only her second year of playing singles because before that, uh, she was part of a really good doubles team with uh, Brenna Hamakey. Uh, you know, after an injury to her, she kind of had to step up and and just do singles. And I know they're really impressed with what with what she's done. Uh, 
and then uh, obviously Scott and three three two one a collegiate just you know they just reload every year. I mean, and you know they're the, they're the heavy favorites. I've noticed that they've kind of they've had a, a new singles player, a freshman kind of emerge, but obviously you know a really really tough team. Yeah, that's you know it, it, that that program is the is the you know the the gold standard in Kansas tennis. The thirteen straight titles, looking for number fourteen here in three two one a. Uh, have qualified all their uh, all their entries again. Uh, went one two at the at the Conway Springs Regional and and uh, it, you know Emma Montavani, the the senior, is a two time champion and a three time finalist. Uh, she ended up finishing second uh, due to an illness walkover in the in the regional finals. But uh, uh, her teammate Lara De Carvalho is a freshman, twenty five and five, and 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 came out of there with the regional title. Outstanding player as well, and then. Uh, you know, on doubles, collegiate looks strong again. Uh, Kenzie Nichols and Tatum Bargava are seniors that, uh, that won the regional uh, over their teammates, sophomore Laney Conrad and, and her classmate, Julia Herman. Conrad has some state experience in singles uh, last year. Uh, you know, collegiate just keep, keeps kind of rolling them out, and it's kind of hard to figure out where they are during the course of the season because they play such a uh, – it's not hard to figure out because Coach Dave Hawley puts them up against, you know, top competition in 6A, 5A. He goes – you know, to the western half of the state, to the eastern half, and, and they just play a, you know, they play a schedule that that really prepares them for this stage. And and so when they get there, uh, collegiate tends to perform. I don't, you know, there there are many more secrets to the sauce. I think for collegiate as far as their success, but but I think that competition that they play uh, during the course of the fall really prepares them for 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 the this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know. Ricky will be covering the 3A state tournament in, in Topeka. I'll be at the 4A state tournament over in Prairie Village. Again, Scott will be at uh, at Class 5A at Andover, and Mac will be at Class 6A down at Riverside uh, Tennis Complex in Wichita. Um, so look for our Acacia coverage coverage of our first state tournament of the fall uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have stories, we'll have photo galleries up from those uh, those tournaments in the. Uh, in the next few days following the tournament and we're really looking excited and it looks like it's going to be a beautiful weekend for tennis. So that's always a plus as well. Cause sometimes you never know what the weather's going to do in Kansas in in mid October. And, uh, and then right as we, uh, right as we finish up tennis, when we turn around quickly and next Monday and Tuesday, we've got state golf across the state. Uh, and, uh, again, uh, you know, looks like a good forecast. Uh, we've had some nasty conditions for state golf here. Uh, the last few years, but it looks like it's going to be nice out. And, uh, you know, there's some, there's some plenty of intrigue with, uh, with state golf this year, you know, starting in class six, a, you know, the last four years, it wasn't a bite a foregone conclusion who was going to win. You had an idea, but, uh, you know, Julia Miesmer of blue Valley West was a four time state champion. One of, uh, one of only a couple in state history to do that. And this year, uh, you know, six, a looks a lot different. Mac, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of strong challengers out of the Kansas City uh, metro area for the six A title this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I would say as it, it, we start looking at those regional scores, uh, the one that obviously stands, uh, you know, uh, off in the for the individual title, uh, Ellis Slicker of Shawnee Mission East, a freshman who uh, just is constantly keeping that score right around seventy. And uh, to see her playing at that level, I mean, 
it, you start wondering very quick, like, is that the the next uh, Misma? Is she going to be somebody who's going to be able to, for the next four years, uh, just be running uh, 6A? Because uh, she's doing good and she has some teammates that, uh, you know, will help them be in that title race uh, as well. And then uh, Blue Valley West being uh, the reigning champs trying to uh, see if they can keep going even with uh, Miser graduating. Uh, they still have uh, a lot of really good golfers. And if they can put it together, uh, you know, at state, uh, they will be right there in that mix as well. Uh, you have Mia Rodriguez and, and Jenny Kim have been usually the top two, but honestly, they have about three or four after that, including uh, Miesmer's younger sister. Uh, they ha- are able to really put it together. And if you, know, you never know if everybody can get their, their best day out there, but if they do, no doubt they will be in the mix. Um, and, and, you know, looking at uh, another one is uh, Olathe West, and Olay the Northwest, uh, they were competing at the the same regional, uh, three twenty two score versus three twenty three. Olay the West, uh, you know, gets the nod to, to get that regional, and they have uh, you know a, a lot of depth on their teams as well. Uh, Olay the West has Liz Lyons as a, a top three golfer from last year uh, that you know is leading that team, uh, but now a one two punch uh, with. Uh, Cagle as uh, uh, Savannah Cagle is a freshman who actually edged out uh, Liz uh, for the, the the regional title there as an individual by one stroke. Uh, right behind them, though, Claire Sullivan and Mackenzie Kelso, late the Northwest. Those two one-two punch for the Ravens. Uh, it it. it, it will be interesting to, to see how much their teammates on that stage. I feel like uh, all four of those golfers uh, are not going to, to let the pressure of state get to them. The question will be the rest of the team. Will they be able to deliver at that same level? And if they can, uh, uh, those will be two more teams that can get that mix. So it's a, it's a, it'd be very tough. The, the, uh, to predict who's going to, to come out of this one. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be the one to, to tell you who's the favorite, uh, although it generally is good to lean on a good team that has what looks to be the top golfer. So maybe Shawnee Mission East with, with Slicker leading the way. Yeah, and that's a program that's just been one of the top programs in 6A for quite some time. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they had a team that was one of the best ones that Kansas has seen in, in any class, uh, you know, a few years back. And so, yeah, I think the, I think 6A, I think, you know, outside the metro area, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard for those teams to really step up and challenge uh, what the metro area has to offer. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird not talking about Washburn Rural being one of those teams right in the mix. But uh, and, but they had their best uh, best performance of the year at regionals. And so they could be trending up. And, you know, golf's one of those crazy sports that you just never know what's going to happen. And somebody might just go out and, and shoot, uh, shoot just a, an amazing score, and, and next thing you know, they've, they've won a state title. That's why I like the two-day format. It kind of tends to lend itself to the cream rising to the top as opposed to a one, one-hit one wonder type of thing that we've had uh, in the state in the past. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like all the teams in the Kansas City area to really go out and, and kind of kind of handle the top end of the, uh, of the, of the scoreboard there. And, you know, we talked in tennis, 5A had the most intrigue. And I think 
in golf, it's kind of the same thing. I think there's so much uh, intrigue in 5A, uh, just especially mostly from an individual standpoint. I think the team situation, Scott, is pretty pretty uh, clear cut that it's Capens uh, to probably lose. But man, uh, there are just some great individuals in Class 5A. Yeah, it's you know we've we've talked about this in earlier podcasts and the five A individual at the at the individual level and really the underclassmen level. That's what I think. It just seems like that you know the last two years these new newcomers have come onto the scene and they're they're they hit the ground shooting sixty eight, sixty seven in tournaments down here. That that's something I kind of want to side note on these on these courses that that we're playing at six A at Salina Municipal and five A at Heston and four A at Emporia and three two one A at Hutchinson's Cary Park. Those are all courses that are very scoring friendly. So to kind of allude to your point about somebody coming out and shooting great scores, I, I mean, I think if the conditions are right, um, you know, that that all four of those courses could produce a champion that could go really low. And, and 5A will be no exception at Heston, you know, with, as you said, Cape of Mount Carmel and, the, you know, going for a three-peat in the team competition. They won last year's title by 70 shots at 70 shots, 70 at, uh, at Hutchinson's Cary Park, which is just, you know, kind of – obscene and I, do I expect them to do that this year no I think I, I think that's a little bit of them coming back but I also think there's teams like like Hayes and Emporia and Bishop Carroll that that have, have kind of raised their game this year and, and they, they they've produced some of these individuals at the 5a level that are that are gonna 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 challenge for individual titles of course uh, May sophomore Kinsley Kinsley Jones uh, the granddaughter of former Wichita State uh, men's coach and PGA Tour player Greer Jones She's the reigning champion in 5A, and uh, you know last year won all ten of her tournaments. But this year has been has been challenged and defeated this year, and a lot of that's come from Cape and sophomore uh, Meg Tilma, uh, who won the city league title, who won the regional title uh, at Emporia the other day. Um, she's just had an outstanding season, and and with with senior teammate Alexa Garrett, there's a really strong one-two punch to to kind of anchor uh, Cape and again. But uh, you know there's just other challengers in 5A. Uh, Bishop Carroll's Kira Ronzik, a senior uh, uh, from uh, from Carroll, who's uh, committed to Newman University. A uh, little side note: there was a feature on her in the Wichita Eagle this morning. Her dad was uh, Mike Ronzik, who punted punted at K State during their uh, uh, late '90s and early 2000s uh, success uh, for the football team. And she's kind of a self-made golfer. Uh, Ricky was at the at the regional where she played the other day, and and she tied Jones uh, with the 71. Uh, uh, at, at at that or at the Salina South Regional, and and Jones prevailed in a playoff. So, uh, Kara's another one that that could contend for this title. Uh, Andover freshman Reagan Dusenberry has had a great season. I think six or seven individual victories for her this year. Uh, so again, the depth in five A, as as you mentioned, is is outstanding. Um, you know, maybe Tilma is the favorite because she has just done outstanding things. But Jones is the is the defending champion again. It, it's kind of like five A tennis. I'd hate to have to pick pick a winner and, and uh, you know, have my life depend on it. I think it's going to be an outstanding competition. Um, you know, 4A, I think, kind of transitioning there, I, you know, I did a feature on Wellington's uh, golf team this year. And for the first time, they've kind of produced some team success. I don't know if they're quite ready for Wamigo's level, but Brent, you'll have you'll have uh, the 4A tournament and and maybe you can blend a little more into what Wamigo takes into state. Yeah, you know, Wamigo uh, captured the state title last year by one shot over Winfield, and it was it was one of those things where they they were kind of debating how 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 did it end up. Uh, Winfield thought they had won it because they took their four lowest scores. Well, 
on a state tournament situation, your four lowest scores each day. And so uh, Wamigo had one girl that scored lower one day, and then their fourth golfer, a different fourth golfer, scored lower the second day, and that got them the title by one stroke. Um, you know, and they returned pretty much everybody this year and added uh, incredibly talented freshman and Addison Douglas, who has gone out and really occupied their number one spot for much of the season. Um, and they, Wamigo already had a pretty good one two punch at the top of their lineup with uh, Ashton Pearson and Kirby McKee. And now you throw in Addison Douglas, and they just got three girls that are able to go out and really go low um, at, at the top of their lineup. And that makes them really tough to beat. And, you know, they've had some of their other players have stepped up and had some really great scores. They've set a lot of team scoring records this year. Um, and they, they handled their uh, regional with Hayden pretty well. I thought Hayden was trending upward uh, going into that regional and had really shot well the, in two tournaments that week leading up to regionals. And, uh, but, you know, postseason's a little different and Wamigo kind of rose to the day and, and Hayden didn't quite, but Hayden's a team I, I wouldn't write out either. Uh, you know, they were third last year and, and, uh, they've, they've got some young talent there that has really come on strong this year. And so, uh, I think, you know, this is Wamigo's tournament probably to lose, but I think Hayden and Wellington have both closed the gap a lot more than maybe people thought, uh, what the gap would have been closed this year. I think coming into the season, I don't think anybody thought anybody would challenge Wamigo for the title this year. And, and now uh, Wamigo's going to have to go out and earn it. They're going to go out and have to have to play really well because uh, Wamigo and Hayden are both, uh, are both, you know, playing really well as teams this year and have really come on strong as, as the season has gone along. And then, you know, looking down at uh, uh, some other possible contenders, you know, the independence regional, uh, Winfield won that, uh, didn't have a great score, but, you know, they're a team that they won the title a couple years ago and, and uh, runner-up really close last year, so I would never count Winfield out of things uh, when it comes to the uh, comes to the state tournament. So, um, And then a nice, nice little story, uh, McPherson, first year for their program, and they make it as a team. And so that's kind of a, a cool story uh, for that. And, you know, individually, I think it's going to be really interesting uh, at 4A. Uh, Hayden York of Tonganoxie is the defending state champion and has had a nice season this year. But uh, like I said, the gap's closed. Uh, the Wamigo freshman, Addison Douglas, I think is, is capable of stepping up and challenging for a title. Um, York got beat by a Miege freshman uh, or Miege player, uh, Ashley, um, losing, her, losing her last name, Myers, uh, stepped up and beat her. And when I talked to Ashley, she said nobody was more surprised than her that she had won that regional uh, last week. So um, uh, Pratt uh, Blasey, uh, a great player, uh, capable of going out and winning a, winning a state title. Claire Ginter of Wellington, um, strong player. Marley Cooper of Bueller, also a very good player. So I think, uh, I think the individual, individual race will be one worth watching. Um, it should be a, a good individual, but again, in 4A, I think, I think it's Wamigo and let's see if somebody can kind of step up and knock them off. And then I'll be at the 4A meet. Uh, Mac will be at the 6A tournament. Scott will be at 5A and then Ricky will be at 3-2-1-A. And 3-2-1-A, uh, you know, well, I like Colby and I like Colgan and Mac and Ricky. Those are teams from your areas. Talk a little bit about uh, those start Mac with Colgan, who is the defending champion. Yeah. I mean, Anytime you look uh, at, at one of their 
meets and I mean, it's a lot of the times they're facing higher competition. They're facing the big schools and, and six, a five, a four, they're still getting so many names at the top of the list. Uh, anytime they're facing a little bit of the smaller schools, uh, I mean, it's, it's six Colgan names in the top 10, almost always. And, uh, they, you know, you got a pretty good shot of winning state when you do that at regionals. Uh, they have, uh, the top, uh, let's see, is that, is that five on the leaderboard? Uh, like, man, you do that, you're going to be in pretty good shape. And in this case, uh, it was the, the Scripsick uh, sisters who were generally, uh, coming out on top and having the best scores. And then, uh, Greta Eisen comes out and gets that regional title, uh, so if you have that, you have more than just these, uh, top two golfers coming out and getting you really low scores, but you know, you got, uh, all six capable of, uh, getting you those really low scores at, you know, any stage. I, I don't think that's, it's about going to be difficulty. Of course, uh, they can do it anywhere. That's going to be a very tough team for anybody to, uh, try to pound for pound match their top six golfers. Cause they're really good. Yeah, Colby will have their work cut out for them, but they're, they're going to try. I mean, they are they were the runner-up the last three years. Obviously, they're led by Anna Starbuck. Uh, she was the champion in 2020, runner-up in 2021. Uh, you know, just has had another tremendous, tremendous season. Uh, yeah, Brindley Sims is another really good golfer for Colby. So Colby has some tools. I think, you know, it might be a little too much for them to ask to, to overtake Colgan, but I think you know, if Colgan would have an uncharacteristic round, they'll be right there. Uh, you know, looking at the individual race, uh, you know, you have the last two state champions playing in it and, and Starbuck. And last year it was Margaret Ulrich. Um, you know, I was really impressed with her last year. She just really pulled away down the stretch. And I think she's, she, Scott, she looks like she's playing pretty well right now. Uh, looked like she had a good score at regional. Yeah, yeah, she shot seventy at, at, Ch- at Cherry Oaks and Cheney and won that regional by twelve shots. And and uh, I talked with, saw, got to see her play a couple weeks ago at Hutchinson's Cary Park, where the three two one A tournament will be played. And uh, she played, she finished second in the Hutchinson Invitational to Kinsley Jones and Mays, and and shot a seventy one. And that was her first look at the course. So uh, you know the the defending champ already has played that course and knows the layout. Has, has has good vibes from shooting a good round. So, uh, you know, well, well, I think Anna Starbuck is certainly a, a formidable challenger or, or among the list of formidable challengers. Ulrich still has to be the favorite, uh, you know, especially having that experience at playing at Cary Park. Uh, you know, she's she's won a few tournaments, but has also played against a lot of these top Wichita area players and really performed well among them as well. So uh, just an outstanding player, but uh, that, that should be an intriguing individual race again, because like Starbuck, you know, like you said, Starbuck gave her a good fight last year at Heston, and and I expect that to happen again. Yep, I agree. So, um, again, those uh, state tournaments will be Monday and Tuesday of next week, and just like with tennis, uh, Casey Covered will be at all of them. And uh, we'll have uh, coverage from all those tournaments, both tennis and golf, uh, populating our website all next week, early next week. So uh, check out Keisha Covered for all your state tennis and state uh, state golf coverage. And before our next podcast, we'll also have one more state championship being contested, and that's state gymnastics. And, uh, you know, there's only a handful of teams that, uh, that compete in state gymnastics. Uh, most of them in the Kansas City area have got a few outliers in Emporia and Newton. 
last year, uh, Olathe North just dominated state gymnastics. And, uh, you know, uh, they, they look to be strong again. Mac, uh, just a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of previewing what state gymnastics could look like. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it, Olathe North. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can try to, uh, you know, go after – uh, that record-setting performance they had last year. Uh, they, they've been pretty dominant this year, not quite uh, the, the same, uh, but uh, you end up having uh, Gabriella uh, Margheim uh, graduate, and you know we talked about it where they were getting – uh, you know, uh, and a lot of the Olathe teams and a, a lot of the gymnastics teams getting these these club gymnastics participants to uh, join in, and Olathe North just restocked, uh, bringing in Gabriana Berry. Uh, they they had a handful of girls who uh, were mostly just uh, getting them really good scores in a couple of events, but once you you piece that all together, uh, they are able to win events uh, at, at the same clip they were last year. So uh, Olathe North is definitely, uh, you know, going to be the, the team to beat uh, in terms of the all around title and figuring out the best individual gymnast. Uh, you're going to have a, a handful of girls that uh, put themselves into that conversation. Uh, one being Olathe West, uh, Alexis Purdy. Uh, she's a senior. Uh, I, try to make sure I don't get the draw. I think she was uh, second last year. Um, and then uh, you have uh, Emmy Keller. Uh, she's, uh, you know, Latham Northwest. Uh, I think she was third and she's kind of been pushing herself to the top. She's a sophomore uh, that has been right there neck and neck with Alexis Purdy uh, throughout this year. And it'll be very interesting uh, to, to see how that goes for them. But they're not the only ones. Uh, Latha East has uh, Lainey Palmer, uh, who has been getting herself into that, that top group there. Uh, you have, uh, for Shawnee Mission Northwest, uh, Kaya Givner uh, would help them end up getting a, a trophy last year. And I don't think they were quite expecting to be able to to, to get there. She's a junior that uh, got herself into the, the all around medals last year and has been uh, pretty good this year. So uh, you start looking up and down uh, the list there, as opposed to last year, where I think a couple meets in, we knew Margheim kind of had the all around locked. Uh, we didn't know she was going to be nearly as dominant as she was because I mean, she started at some point got a 10, uh, you know, it, it, we just don't see that. We don't see a perfect score in high school gymnastics. So once she got to the the state there, it was more of like, how high can she go? And she, she went pretty high uh, setting the all time record Uh, this year. It'll definitely be a, a much tougher competition with maybe five or six uh, that kind of have themselves in that, that top group. And, you know, uh, Alexis Purdy and Emmy Keller are what I would say the front runners, but don't be surprised if one of those others uh, can push their way in and try to take that all around title. Yep. Uh, State gymnastics will be held October 22nd at Olathe South high school. And uh, we will be at that tournament as well that weekend. So uh, those are the three state championships that will come up before our next podcast. And then, uh, you know, as we hit our next podcast, we'll be uh, right there at the end of the regular season for football 
getting ready to look at the postseason. And uh, if, if some of the games can top some of last week's games, then I think we're in for an exciting postseason. And, uh, you know, there were some great games across the state last week, but obviously one stood out kind of above them all. And, and Scott uh, Mays Derby has delivered more times than not recently. And, and last Friday was another just instant classic. Yeah, that, that game is uh, – or that series in the last three years, I, I think you could write a book about it. It is it has produced three incredible one-point games. Uh, Mays has won two of them, uh, and including this one last Friday where, where it looked pretty grim for Mays. I mean, Mays is last year's 5A runner-up, outstanding team, but they hit, a, they hit a wall in the second quarter, and Derby had everything going and all the momentum and a 34-14 lead. And then uh, – uh, but – but with, you know, with Avery Johnson, I've seen him play enough now over the last two years. It's really, I, I don't know how big of a lead is safe uh, against Mays with, with their offensive potential. And, and uh, he got them into the end zone right before halftime and they got the ball to start the second half and scored. So that 20 point lead quickly got whittled down to six. And then it was just, it was like watching two, t- two great servers in tennis, just take turns scoring and, and holding serve. And, and finally Mays got a stop and, and, uh, um, you know, after after Johnson ended up with 524 yards of total offense, just an astounding total. Um, their sophomore Mason Teague kicked a field goal with just over a minute left to to give them their first lead in three quarters, and and it proved to be enough. So Mays is six and zero going into to a big, another big matchup Friday night, and actually one that that'll decide the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division One title. They host Hutchinson, who uh, you know Hutchinson's kind of struggled against Mays recently, but. But Hutchinson also took Derby down to the wire at Derby a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, the, I think this little three-week stretch Mays has had with with playing its rival Mays South and then the, an epic game with Derby and now a, a league championship on the line with, with Hutchinson, um, this is this is definitely the meat of Mays' schedule. And so far that they've held up, although uh, down at Derby, uh, as you would expect, winning a Derby is not easy. And, and they had to go the full 48 to, to get that one. But, again, I'd – you know, I, I think of I've seen high school football games for the last I mean forty sub years, and and these last two with Mays and Derby that I've watched both Octobers, you know they're they're both in the top ten easily and maybe top five. They just they've been outstanding games with outstanding Division One talent on the on the field and and a, a real treat to watch. And and I chose to go there because you know you're not going to see that matchup in the playoffs because Derby six A and Mays is five A, but but you got a really good flavor that those two teams on the right night are capable of, of, of maybe rising up and taking this all the way into to Thanksgiving weekend and, and, and winning a title. Yeah. And two of the teams that very well could stand in their way of titles meet this week up in Kansas city. Uh, we got class five, a number one uh, mill Valley and the Keisha covered rankings taking on class six, a number two away from North in the, in the class six A rankings. So uh, another marquee matchup between six A and five A schools and Mac, you'll be at that one for our Acacia covered game of the week. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, shaping up to be quite a matchup uh, at this point, uh, Mill Valley, uh, you know, they, they're a five A team with all six A opponents and they've rolled all of them. Uh, you, you look at that offense uh, with Hayden J at quarterback he was somebody that uh, first year started last year. Uh, you know, you could see pretty early. Uh, it, it was not taking him long to kind of pick things up. He kind of relied a little bit more on the run than throwing. Uh, but that by the time postseason game, 
uh, he could do both equally well. And this year he's, uh, you know, maybe a, a step above even what he had done last year, which is, is saying a lot, uh, particularly because uh, he had four senior wideouts that graduated. So this is a brand new group that he has to work with. And, you know, he, he's found some chemistry with Hayes Miller. Uh, he's he, There's a handful of other guys that, you know, on any uh, given game will step up, make some plays and help them out. Uh, in the backfield, they got a couple backs, but uh, Tristan Baker as the uh, junior running back, uh, you know, between seeing Jay and Baker go uh, on the edge, I don't know how defenses can stop them. And so uh, in the, the answer so far is they can't. Uh, and what makes it even worse is when you have a team like that, that can throw down the field, can run the ball when they need to, uh, they're not a finesse team. So just cause they're putting up those, uh, big points doesn't mean, Oh, maybe we can just, uh, hit them in the mouth early and see if that works. No, they will hit you in the mouth. And then on the defensive side, I, I, the only thing I need to tell you is, uh, Malik Oedis for Shawnee mission, Northwest running back. He has gone crazy this year, just so many yards. His uh, worst performance until he faced Mill Valley uh, was 176 rushing yards against Olathe North. That was the least. Then 30 yards the next week going up against a Mill Valley defense. That's going to be very difficult. But if there is a team that can uh, challenge them, Olathe North is one that has a, a a really good defense, has a lot of playmakers. So uh, they might be a little more bend but don't break than Mill Valley is. But with uh, the Parrish twins out there at, at corner, uh, they not only will pick you off if you make a mistake, they'll take it to the house. Both have multiple pick sixes this year. Uh, th- th- that's a team that with the defense will be able to do it. And then on offense, it'll come down to, uh, you know, very few teams have been able to do anything against this Mill Valley defense. Two team, only two teams, Gardner Edgerton and uh, I believe Shoddy Mission South. I might have that one wrong, but uh, scored more than one touchdown against them. Uh, defense just, they don't let people score. But Olay the North has a high flying offense uh, with so many speedsters. Uh, Joshua Parrish being out there at, at wide out. Uh, just can completely change the game on a dime. Uh, Jason Skoma is in his first year. He's in a similar situation to what Hayden Jay was last year. Uh, just thrown in and just, you know, he'll make a few mistakes, uh, but he'll make up for him the, the, the next play. And he can, he can get it done with his arm and his legs. And then uh, a couple uh, running backs in the backfield for them as well. They have a stable, but uh, it's, it's TJ Porter, uh, who you can't see him coming out behind that offensive line. He disappears. And then when you see him, he's either running by you or he's running through you. So those are definitely, uh, you know, Mill Valley, it's hard to even imagine a team uh, knocking them off this year. But, of course, if there's any team to do it, Olathe North as uh, the best 6A team so far. Uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this one plays out and what Olathe North can do to try to go up – what's been an impenetrable team on both sides of the ball for mill Valley. Yeah. You know, and with mill Valley, I, I, I'm not sure there's been a quieter dynasty in this state. I mean, they just go about business every single year and they don't have the flashy 
high-profile Division One recruits across the table. Uh, they just got a lot of good football players, and you know they've won five state titles since 2015. And, and uh, I know I certainly respect respect them like they're one of the state's best programs. But I don't know that they still kind of carry that name power across the state like they like they should. I mean, this program has been just absolutely sensational under Joel Appleby, a, a great coach, uh, and uh, you know Mill Valley is just just for the model of consistency in the state right now, uh, you know, them and them and Andale, I think right now are the teams that just, you know, you go out and, and if, if somebody comes close to them right now, you're kind of surprised. And obviously nobody's coming close to Andale. Uh, you know, they were supposed to get their biggest test of the year this past week against uh, collegiate. They've been two of the top teams in, in three, a, uh, ever since, ever since we started this three, a, and, uh, Collegiate coming off that 109-0 win over Nickerson doesn't get there, but they get about halfway there. 49 nothing over over Collegiate. Uh, another just impressive performance by what may be the powerhouse program in the state right now. Yeah, that's a you know it. You talk about a statement, and that really I don't know for the for three A schools. I'm not sure that's exactly the statement they wanted to to see last Friday was. Uh, you know, that dominant performance by Andale, but they, they came out and they had a 35 nothing by halftime. And, and really, um, you know, I, I saw last year's game with Andale and Collegiate, and Collegiate was able to, to and not, not stop them, but, but neutralize them, make Andale t- make long drives. And, uh, but, but you really, you've got to have every phase. Uh, and, and uh, you know, Collegiate just can't quite match up with, with Andale with, with its offense. And, and Andale, Andale is just a, you know, it's just a hammer and a nail and you better be ready to defend it. Cause it's, you know, they pretty much say, here's what's coming. And, and they run big bodies at you and lead blockers. And, and, you know, it's, you know, they're on a dyna- on a dynastic run right now with it. It's, it's a system that Dylan Schmidt is, has used and, and used and used. And, and there's just, you know, nobody around here has been able to really hold up to it. To, um, you know, it, Friday night, Andel will host will host Cheney, and Cheney's an outstanding five and one football team, but very different, more of a finesse team. And and it, it so far those matchups haven't gone well for teams like that. But but at least Andel now is you know Andel's getting into that part of the schedule now where you've you've played an unbeaten collegiate, you're playing a one loss Cheney, and and so they're really kind of showing their their wares against the rest of three A or some of three A's best right now. And and uh, you know they host Cheney here on Friday and and. We'll see how that goes. I, I would expect Cheney's really going to have to deal with that that get punched in the mouth, uh, you know, philosophy that Andale's got. But uh, so far, nobody's been able to hold up uh, to it yet, and, and it looks like the Indians are, you know, well on their way uh, to a, to maybe another three A title this year. Yeah, you, you talk hammer and nail. That's one big hammer that they swing, and, uh, <laughs> and nail nails uh, have no chance against them. Uh, you know, going down to the eight man division one level, Ricky last week out west, uh, a pair of very interesting matchups. Uh, you had Leody Wichita County taking on Meade, who was defending champion, both were undefeated, and then uh, Hill City, who was number one uh, last week in our rankings, taking on Hoxie and. Uh, you know, two uh, two very good ball games, and um, maybe a little bit surprising on the outcomes on both of them. Uh, maybe the surprise on the Leote uh, Leote Me outcome, just how dominant Leota was in that game, and then Hoxie pulling off the upset against Hill, Hill City. Yeah, with with Wichita County, I 
you know, I thought they had a good chance to win that game, but did not expect them to win going away like they did. Uh, if you haven't seen Wichita County play, just a really, really fun team to watch. Uh, you know, they run their offense at a breakneck pace. Uh, every on they onside kick every time they kick off. They hardly ever punt. Uh, you know, they've got a really talented quarterback and Eric Hermosillo, Eric Hermosillo, and then uh, a couple really good standouts along with him and Chris Hermosillo and Wyatt Gardner. Uh, just, you know, just a really exciting team to watch. And I think now after that win, they kind of move in to the favorite in that division and eight player division one, I would say. So it'll be exciting to see what happens with them moving forward. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Hoxie. Uh, you know, a strong tradition there. And I, I, you know, to hold Hill city to 14 points, that's a, that's a pretty impressive feat because Hill city has some really, really strong offensive players. So I think they, you know, I think they kind of announced their emergence, you know, I think right now they're probably knocking on the door in our rankings. Uh, one of those teams that might be kind of a dark horse contender. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, just huge shakeups. And then, you know, in D2, uh, you know, obviously Axdale and and uh, Kenton Galva are, were probably the two favorites, but Thunder Ridge, Dighton, and the Victoria, I think, are are right there behind them and can, can make some noise too. Yeah, going back to Division One, I'll see a, a really good one this week. Uh, Burlingame taking on Madison, and uh, uh, it'll be a, a great another great battle. Burlingame's had a great year; they're undefeated, ranked number four in our rankings, and Madison. Uh, They've taken their best player and moved him to quarterback, and all he's done the last two games is run for 750 yards and and uh, 15 touchdowns, I think, in the last two games. So um, I should see a pretty good one on Friday night there. But Division One is so deep this year. I, I think you can go down 15 teams that are very solid in Division One this year. And and when I do the rankings uh, and uh, submit some rankings for some other prep uh, prep outlets. Uh, it's a hard time figuring out where to move people around with with victories because you got so many one loss teams in Division One that are really good and, and undefeated teams. South Sumner County is having a great season and is a great team. West Bell undefeated, great team. I mean, you look at one loss teams like Little River, Hoxie, Hill City, Madison, Chase County, um, on and on down the list. I, I think the depth again in uh, eight man Division One this year is just tremendous and and uh, i think the, the playoffs we could we could really see some interesting stuff in the playoffs because i think there are just some great teams clifton clyde's another one loss team that's really good their only loss is the axel so um i think i think when we get to the postseason for division one uh in, in the eight player ranks i think it's going to be really fun to watch and and some of the other classes are going to be great too um we'll touch some more on football with our next podcast as we near the postseason uh and uh, we'll touch uh, – when we do our next podcast, we'll be getting ready for state volleyball and state cross country. And we'll really dive into those two sports uh, with our next podcast. Uh, so that'll wrap up this one. Before we go, though, um, just like to give some, give some words out to two legends in the, in the state, uh, coaching legends who uh, passed away this past week. Uh, Dick Purdy, who was the architect of, of Lawrence High's great uh, dynasty that they had. Um, passed away, and then a, a real surprise, uh, Terry English had a stroke and, and ended up uh, succumbing to, uh, to that and, and passed away a, a couple days ago. And 
I mean, when you talk about legends of, of their respective sports in Kansas, those lists start pretty much start with those two guys uh, when it comes to Terry English and Dick Purdy. And, uh, you know, I, I never never really ran in circles to where I dealt with those guys very often, but where what I did, class acts all the way dealing with. And, uh, you know, Terry English in, in particular, the, the legacy he leaves behind uh, just from a state title standpoint is, unbelievable uh, most state championships of any coach in the state and uh and then all the players and and the, just the program i mean he is bishop miege basically yeah and it's you know miege has just been an outstanding program and, and to think that he did it since 1975 and there's a you know he's a miege graduate uh who coached at his alma mater and then had that level of success uh you know just you, you can kind of see from the condolences that are coming in they're very highly respected for the work that he did and and uh, uh I understand he was coming slated to come back again this season come out of his brief retirement and, and do that so it's really really sad and a real a real jolt for this for the stags program so um but yeah his legacy is 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 well you know well established it'll it'll last a long time a lot of people uh, you know kind of when you get a coach that successful a lot of coaches tap into to to those to those coaches for for what makes them click and i know i know a lot of coaches look at terry for advice on on what they do and and uh, you know just to speak quickly on dick purdy uh, i i think about derby down here in south central kansas and and how they really had to to chip away before they finally broke through and won their first state title back in 94 and and they had, you know, a great coach at Tom Young themselves, but but it was Dick Purdy's uh, Lawrence Lions who who made that you know made that final step really tough for Derby, and and uh, you know Dick won five titles at Lawrence. He he won one in the early seventies at Shawnee Mission West, and there just aren't many football coaches that that uh, you know have that kind of success at, at multiple places, and and a, you know just a true those, those two you know Terry and Dick are both just just legends, absolute legends, and. Um, you know, for the older set, they remember the, that, the success that those coaches have. And, and, and for the younger set, especially with Terry, um, you know, they won't be forgotten soon for sure. And that's it for uh, this episode of uh, the Cajun Covered podcast. As Prince said earlier, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, talk about state volleyball, uh, state cross country, and uh, we'll be getting into the, the start of the postseason for uh, boys soccer as well. So thanks for listening and be sure to check out more of our work at KeishaCovered.com. Uh, looking to keep up with high school athletics activities in Kansas. We got you covered.